What up, what up, what up, y'all? You tapped in to the Full Disclosure Show. You know what it is. I'm Derek Lamont Williams the first, along with Bobby Rich Green, Dick Dashley, and the little lady of the house, Miss Lisa, Lisa Burnett. What's what's good? What's good? How y'all living? Hey, yeah, we doing good. Sagittarius season of food. Happy back. birthday to all the Sagittarius out there. Right. Happy birthday to the other janky, Miss Rita Brown. Happy belated birthday to you and everything. Well, uh, we want to have, as you can see, we have a very, very special guest, uh, a comedian who uh, fellowship along the tour, uh, podcast, co-host of the podcast with the, the greatest goddamn show on air in all respects to our show here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? My main man, Cole Clayton. What's good? What's good? Thank you. appreciate it. Yeah, we, we appreciate having you. We appreciate having you. I gotta, there we go. There we go. Special, special effect department tripping. <laughs> Get your shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you I'm not, no skills. I'm not used to these light intros. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, man? How you? We appreciate having you on the show, yeah, man. How you, how you feel today? I'm feeling good. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty relaxed. So, uh, t- tell us a little bit. How long you been doing comedy? Oh, I hate this question. <laughs> get him mic'd up, D. My man ain't mic'd oh. up. Get, get, get him. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. There we go. Now you cut the grease. Okay, okay. You know, Cole got that, that raspy, harsh <laughs> voice, you know. We got Mr. Buster Rhymes himself in here right now, <laughs> so. What's going on, Nikki D? She says she's here on time today. We appreciate you. <laughs> hey, we on time today, too. <laughs> you know, perfect attendance for everybody. Yes, What's indeed. up, Josiah Staples? What's going on, Queen? So, back, you say you hate why, when people ask that question. Why is that? Um, Because I get no respect when I answer it anymore. I lose <laughs> their attention after that, it seems like. I, I don't like. Okay, okay. So, you. You feel like it, it, it might take away from your legitimacy or something yeah, like that? Yeah, because it, it seems like my opportunities kind of go out the window once they realize how long okay. I've been doing it. That's interesting. That's interesting. Well, what, what brought you into it? Today or? I mean, into doing oh, it in Paris. I've always yeah. wanted to do it. I was a musician for a long time. Uh, and then my my last band broke up when I had it been like 1920. Thank you. Appreciate it. We happy about your brand breaking up. <laughs> I heard their music. It was <laughs> comedy is your your lane, bro. Comedy is your lane. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, I doubt you heard my band music. <laughs> <laughs> was everybody sniffing glue, or is it just you in the, in the band? That's that's what I needed. Oh, everybody was doing way harder stuff in that band. <laughs> the the band's name was Text Me Sexy. Which is so we've always been. I've always had like crazy weird names mm-hmm. for shit I do. I'm like, Am I allowed to cuss on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Be yourself. But for your yeah, to answer your question, I've been doing comedy since July. Okay. So only a short bit of time. Right, right, right before Lisa got into it, I, th- I believe. That's yeah. what's up. I fairly knew myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what's up. I, I find it interesting that you, you that you tell people mm-hmm. how long you've been doing it actually affects how they view you. Uh, that is, I mean, I can, because, I, I can but, understand where you're coming from. Yeah, because that. when you know, when, 
person member was like, "What's oh, up? This is his first time, yeah. and, you know." And I was like, "Well, it's not really my first time, yeah, but I'm just gonna go with it." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and people they show you a little bit more. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so yeah, I'm so, gonna say, tell him I'm a newcomer. And real quick, Josiah Sable said he's white. I thought he was light skinned. Yeah, this this is officially our first white guest. Yeah. We had another. Oh my goodness! Yeah. From what I see on the screen, though, I'm like super pasty. <laughs> Like transparent over here. That's all right. Now, well, I want to. I do want to say this. You know, for our viewers and everybody, like, you know, I, I and we've we've had this conversation. I respect comedians, white comedians, who go into like uh, you're not afraid to go into an all black establishment. Mm -hmm. You don't hesitate. You know what I mean? You don't see that a lot. Like you know, you got certain crowds. Like I, I guess doing as a black comedian, you get used to doing all white clubs. Right. It's just it's second nature almost, mm. but like you don't see a lot of white comedians. So when when I see it, I off, I give y'all you know what I'm saying. Right, right, I give y'all a lot of uh, that, that takes a lot of courage yeah. to do. You know what I mean? Not as much for me. I, I because, it's more natural for you think. Yeah, because I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood okay. down in Houston. And I, I grew up in a really shitty area. If you ever heard of Fifth Ward, Houston, and yeah. we were just outside. Fifth Ward then. boys. <laughs> Everybody knows Fifth Ward, boy. Yeah. Just yeah. outside of the Fifth Ward. It wasn't quite there. The five but... and a half Ward. Yeah. <laughs> 4.275 Ward. <laughs> but, and then not only that, but white crowds actually don't really like me. I know you've heard that joke before. Yeah. That, that came from a lot of truth. Like, I, wow. I don't know what it is, but I do not. You can kind of sense the trailer trashness yeah, once I walk, yeah, yeah. get on stage. I think so. The white people aren't my biggest fans. I gotta be honest. Really? So That's I do a lot better with black crowds. Wow, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting, man. Because you know, what's going on, Tom? Tom, you know, uh, it, it, you know, it's the connection is real. You know what I mean? Mm. Comedy. Is is about realness, you know what I mean? And if somebody can't kind of, we, and we just talk about this, we'll get into a little later about how some comedians just resonate with some people. Mm -hmm. You know, it ain't about like we was talking about. Might as well what about Kevin Hart? And it's like you know, I've never been a Kevin Hart fan, but like this last one, I really enjoyed it. You know what I mean? It resonated with me. You know what I mean? But some people that who love Kevin Hart really didn't like it. You know what I mean? So it's like mm -hmm. some people resonate with some people. It's not about like. Your life experiences, you right. know what I mean? Because we all basically the same. Like I was having a friend, a talk with a, a white for guy I used to work with. Well, I considered a friend, mm. and he was like, you know, we were joking around like uh, uh, this black or, or 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 you know, like we would say like if you don't know the struggle unless you had ate this, you know, serve sandwiches. And he was like, man, that, that he was like that ain't black. He was like, I ate all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, was like, he was like, it's Poe. It's Poe. It's Poe. It's Poe. It's like if you grew up in as form of poverty, you experience some things, you know what I mean? So, hey, so yeah, we're interviewing Cole Clayton, comedian extraordinaire. Lisa, uh, yeah, I can agree with some of the things that you said. Like, when I go, when I do, even though I'm newer, when I go to the white bar and do my comedy. I feel, I feel different than when I go to the black bar and do my comedy. 
and I I even feel like I get different reaction. Maybe because I'm seeing it from the stage mm-hmm. differently, but from my perspective, I feel as if I connect more with the black audience. Now, when I did the white club, and I'm thinking I did horrible, but I had a few people come up to me and they started following me and they really liked my comedy. So I do think that even when you feel like you don't fit in with that crowd, there's going to be people in there that resonates with you. So everybody has a lane and there's going to be somebody Mm -hmm. in the crowd that feels you so. Yeah, I agree with that. And and, and too, every crowd is different. Every time you go to a different spot, it don't matter if it's a, you know who the, who predominantly you you know so you can go to a black crowd. It is a different people. It's just a different mixture of people and get a different response. The same you know, crowd it's just, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes same yeah. It's, just a, it's just a different people. Right. In the crowd. So it's just like you know you just never you just never uh, know how that thing is gonna roll. Can I trash my own kind for a second, just for a minute? And there will be no white bash on this show. <laughs> You don't need that type of problem. No, <laughs> you, you white, you can do it. <laughs> I just, what it is, I feel like black people go to places and do things to be entertained, but white people go to places to be a critic sometimes. I feel like everybody, every white person thinks they're like there to review something. It's just like, like you, you, you see Yelp. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just go there and just have, have a good time. You know what I mean? Is that every comedian's nightmare? Like, he had that dream. He wake up and it's, it's an audience full of women that all have a name tag that say Karen. <laughs> like, oh shit, this ain't gonna go well. Hey, hey man, we'll, we'll, we'll catch you in the comedy. Before you, you answer that, let me say this. Uh, Trezana Sable said, I didn't get Kevin Hart until he did Husbands of Hollywood. Thomas McGraw Elrod said Junior, which is if y'all know me, that's my name from way back when. You know you know me if you say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He junior. Said, he he said, called you Junior. Yeah, all y'all do stand up comedy. Yes, we do. Everybody up on the on this day is, is a is a comedian. Uh Trisana said, so all y'all are comedians. Am I on the right page? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we all do comedy. That's how we, we met uh Cole and we were saying we like the fact that he's brave enough to go anywhere, you know. I saw him doing a brothel on 55th. <laughs> <laughs> he killed. You know, he called I wasn't paid for that. You caught an STD that night, but you still killed. Yeah, it's gone uh, now. I took penicillin. He took a little penicillin. <laughs> what, what got you into comedy? Why comedy? I just always really wanted to get into it. I, uh, I always really... My, my mom grew up big into like D.L. Healy mm-hmm. and um, what was the other guy? Uh, that Cedric the Entertainer. Cedric That's who she loves. Yeah. It, she she was watching that, and I'd be coming around the corner when I'm like five, six years old, you know, watching it. And she's like, "You need to get out of here. This is for adults." You know what I mean? And just so ever since then, I've always been a big fan. They're not my per- personal favorites. I'm more into like Bill Burr is my personal favorite. Oh, Bill Burr is a beast. Yeah. Yeah. He cracks me up. Yeah, basically. I was gonna ask. Was gonna be a question. I was gonna <laughs> ask who are your favorite. Yeah, who's who your, your Mount Rushmore? My my Mount Rushmore of comedy. I gotta put Bill Burr at the top, Dave Chappelle number two, I wanna go Eddie Murphy number three, and then I'd say number four, I like Jim Jeffries a lot actually, he's more, I guess he's more recently become Mm. mainstream, but he's not 
one of the bigger guys. Young yeah, Dolph. I don't even know. Yeah, you don't know him? No, no. Check him out. He's pretty funny. Joe Jeffrey? Yeah. Spoken like a true millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Our audience is like, who? What the fuck is he talking about? Hey, I, yeah, I, was, yeah I, I didn't do my due diligence yeah. on research. You know what I'm saying? What's Joe up, Jeffrey. Medium Marcus? That's my guy right oh, there. Yeah, we have to get Marcus. you out here. I was in court. <laughs> Marcus. So uh, talk talk a little about talk a little bit about your podcast. What's up, Robert Marks is in the house. You wanna check that y'all check that out the the greatest goddamn show on air. I want to be like the greatest motherfucker. I'm trying to keep looking. <laughs> the greatest guy. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, man. Well, the, we came up with a name. It's a reference to the greatest show on turf. Uh huh. We're not big Rams fans or anything. It's just. It's always sounded cool to me, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what? How do I get people to listen to what I'm gonna do? I've gotta come up with a crazy name, right? Even if it's shit, you know, yeah. people are now commenting saying, "This isn't the greatest show on the air." But you <laughs> listen to it, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. <laughs> so. It worked. It worked. <laughs> They sit there watch ten shows. Be like, this ain't the greatest show on earth. Subscribe, right? <laughs> Thank you. Hey, now I gotta argue every time the episode hey, comes. We got on. some more comments. Shazana yeah. Staples said, "I was watching Rudy Ray Moore earlier today. Hilarious." That's my guy, man. Yeah, he is. Media Marcus said Eddie Murphy was half Puerto Rican. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Media Marcus gonna claim everybody. Oh man, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> really? you, you know he Eddie was Murphy Puerto Rican. Rican. Oh man, come on. <laughs> Did not answer that. All right, man. They came out of nowhere, too. Yeah, it was. I think his father probably was, though. And stuff with that, I think he was. So, hey, y'all still Nubian. Y'all, y'all part of the family. <laughs> we, we, we trying to adopt this. We're going to have a racial drive. You, you got to get some southern, though, before we have that drive. That's what, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> You'll be red as a goddamn old lobster, boy. Uh, I'll probably die. Hey, man, I, I would have to say, like, as far as when she spoke on Rudy Ray Moore, you know, thinking back, like, he was my introduction to comedy. Yeah. Like, that's the first, you know, I got hip to Red Fox and Bill Covey afterward. Mm. But the first, I, my mom's stepdad used to have the, 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 the Rudy Ray Moore albums. Mm. And he would play them. And my mom would be so disgusted. Cause it was real, you know, the, all you heard is cuss words. Like, mm. man. So I would listen, and he would just be Dying laughing, like right. he would be <laughs> on the floor laughing. You know what I mean? And then, and that was that's way what, down yeah. in the jungle deep. Yep. And, and then I, I had the opportunity to meet him at the improv. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was trying to, you know, my stepdad was had cancer real bad, and I was trying to get him to meet him. You know what oh, I mean? Wow. But it never, yeah, he yeah. couldn't do it. But it was crazy, man. Like that was my first actually comic cat that I I, I knew about. How long have you guys been doing comedy? I started on my birthday, just not not short after you on my birthday, January twenty second of two twenty twenty. Oh, so you started this year too? Show, yeah, I started. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. My first show was was that when I met I think, you? Yeah, I, I was there. Yeah, when that you was my show. first show. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I started years ago. I was eighteen. Yeah. I was eighteen when I started comedy. Why did you start at eighteen? That's the that's a we worked at the well, improv. Well, actually, I, oh, did you? We both yeah, worked well, at the improv. I, I started before yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was actually seventeen. So what happened? I was looking for a job, and I'm like, wait, I'm funny. So my sister Candy will tell you this story. She said I was thirteen when I put on my first comedy show. I don't remember, but I wrote all these little corny jokes now, and I, I guess I got everybody around, and I did my first show at thirteen. But the first time I did it in front of an audience, I was, I'll say 18. 18 is a safe bet. 
you know, I was 17 when I was looking for him. Probably 18 when I did the show in Hilarities. My first show was at Hilarities. I did their uh, amateur night. And, uh, they don't have that no more, huh? No, I lost, I lost that one. I came back, and then I won every week I went up. I oh, won wow. every week I went up, and then I started getting paid gigs. You, you know, I, was, yeah, I, was, yeah. I started getting paid gigs. I was doing it. Then um, I got somebody pregnant. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> and uh, that's my comedy career slowed up, and I did it sporadically, and I took a, like a 20-year break. So I just came back a little bit before they did uh, in January of last year. Mm. I finally just came back. So everything you hear is new. I don't even remember my old stuff. When I tell you I got some classic sets, you know which one I'm mm-hmm. looking for. If I ever find that mug, I'm doing it. That It's a killer set. It's a killer set. I was I was better younger than I am now. Mm-hmm. But I'm working my kinks out. And I'm okay, Aquarius to Twin, Thomas Mikael Rowe. Yeah, January 22nd, baby. Yeah, yeah. We got some, we got some more Aquariuses. <laughs> so I mean... A, yeah. Thinking about me, but uh, so you sticking with it? You gonna stick with it? Now, yeah. I think one time I heard you say you didn't write, or really do you write? So, me and my brother, not the one you guys know, Gary Clayton. He's also a comedian who just started recently. But I, we have, there's six of us in total. There's one sister. So I, I have a. Every time I pull out of this little hat, I'm gonna talk about one of my siblings. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have a brother who lives with Gary. He's more like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He comes to us with uh, ideas on how to like work our jokes. Me mm-hmm. and Gary, we kind of come up with our stories. A lot of our, our comedy comes from like our own situations. And then he's just so funny, dude. He's just one of those types of people who like will just anything that happens. He's got like a little tagline <laughs> or you know, ha ha ha, one liner. So we kind of get in this creative process we do a writer's room like once a week based on how our schedules come together and well, all right this is what i have this is what i want to joke about let's start working on it and then he just comes up with these tags and then sometimes they work sometimes they don't sometimes i like to build on it but for the most part my jokes are my stories with my brother like making them funny mm. so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a team effort yeah like team effort. that's how you grow Family that joke together. Yeah. Who can rhyme with that? I don't want to smoke together. (laughs) (laughs) Family crackheads cracking up people. (laughs) Hey, we got some uh, comments down here. Jasana said Rudy Ray Moore, Red Fox, and Richard Pryor was my introduction into comedy through records. Yeah. Sneaking and playing their albums. Everybody, we all did that, didn't we? Media Market said my Mount Rushmore, Raul Julia, Richard Pryor. Eddie Murphy and George Carlin. Well, since we doing my Rushmore, y'all, can, can we get a my Rushmore for y'all? Oh man, I let Lisa go first. Oh like, man, Lisa. you gonna hold me on the baby first? <laughs> okay, since we doing my Rushmore, so hey, hey, who out here? Trisana Staples, give us your Mount my, my Rushmore. All right, Thomas McKay arrived. Yeah, give us y'all Mount Rush. Yeah, your yeah, yeah. that's a Mount Mount Rush Rushmore. And if it ain't four, it could be a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, give it no special, special. Yeah, because it's hard to narrow. It's just, it's hard to do Because it, it could change all the yeah. time. Because you grow, as a person, you grow, your taste grow as you get older. Right. But Eddie Murphy is the reason why I got into comedy. I, I started doing comedy in the late 80s. So that's back when they had the laugh track. Sam Kinison was big. Uh, you know, uh, as far as Jerry Seinfeld was big at the time. I remember my dream was to woke, open up for Bobby Slayton. Mm. Y'all probably don't even know who Bobby Slayton is. I heard the name. He the bulldog of comedy. Bobby Slayton was raw. And he used to come to Hilarities. My dream was to just open up for him. You know, I got to open up for Emo Phillips. 
Y'all don't even know who Emo Phillips is. I remember is. Emo Phillips yeah. the goofy motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I, we got to hang out with a whole bunch. You know, I remember me, Emo. Carey, he was cool, too. Drew Carey, we all came up yeah. in the comedy game together. But right. I left the game. I should have stayed. I actually didn't realize how much I had talent. I probably have more talent younger than I do now, which is funny. But Mount Rushmore, uh, Eddie Murphy, because that, that's my inspiration. Richard Pryor, because that's Eddie Murphy inspiration, and he's one of my. Right. I, I just think he's it's just effortless with him. And then George Carlin, uh, and then four is like always George the Carlin. hardest spot because it goes in and out. And this is no particular order. I ain't saying this is one. Uh, I have to say Dave Chappelle. He's risen up to that level. But you know, I love DL. I love Cat. You know, um, you know, I love Bill Cosby. It's it's, it's more I love. Don't yeah. Get me wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick a top four, that'd be mine. Richard Pryor is the king of comedy. I gotta admit, he's not one of my favorites, but without man, he you know, there would not be the comedy the way it is now without him. No fear. So, yeah, no fear. I, I always use the analogy, man. It was like Dr. J. Like he was like the Dr. J in comedy. You right. Know what I mean? yeah. Without Dr. J, there's no George. There's no George. You know what I mean? I look at Eddie Murphy like he will also Eddie Murphy's like George to me. Like Eddie Murphy's mm. like the funniest. You know what I mean? He right. took he took what everybody was doing and he took it to just such a different level, so I always have him. Well, he's just so much more talented than everybody else. Yeah. What's the only one guy who's yeah. as talented as Eddie Murphy? Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. I ain't saying he is funny. Jamie Foxx? Really? He's Jamie just Fox talent. Is so as, as, a, as a talent. Act, sing, yeah. dance. Comedy. Oh, you mean overall? Just as overall. I could have put Childish Gambino on there. He's a little bit yeah, younger. He's, so, yeah, he's a talented but guy, that is, too. Yeah. yeah, he's a yeah. talented guy, too. What is his real name? Donald Glover? Donald Glover. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got a stand-up accident. He's a stand-up comic, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's I, got I one special. But, yeah, yeah, I hadn't checked out. I was like, what? This dude guy does it all. He does yeah. so much so much stuff. And Indian Marcus said, Raul Julia died too soon. Very Puerto Rican is a comedy Very few Puerto Ricans in the comedy game. No one will ever top his Gomez Adams and Adams side. He was he was yeah. made for that role. And uh Trezana Sable said her mom Rushmore is Miles Mabley, Rudy Ray Moore, and Richard Pryor. You got one more on that. You gotta <laughs> add that red fox probably. People people sleep on how good Bill Cosby Bill Cosby is a godfather of the game, yeah. bro. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And, and and he was clean. And people sleep I'm sorry, they sleep on Sinbad. Oh, we was we talk about that Sinbad. Sinbad. Yeah, I love Sinbad. Yeah. I've never seen Sinbad. Sinbad I, I is fucking admit. hilarious. Man. Is he? I, I heard he just hilarious. had a stroke actually. Recently. Yeah, how's that? I wonder. Hopefully he's doing yeah. well. He might know about love. that. He's in love. And no, I didn't. I didn't brother. even hear about it until just yeah, now. last week. Oh yeah, yeah, this past yeah. week. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Sinbad is hilarious. Yeah, I always like yeah. his his acting roles. I've never seen his. Oh, you have to check his stand. He's a funny guy. Hey man, I grew. I love Jerry Lewis growing up. Jerry, yeah. Jerry Lewis and Jerry Seinfeld. I love both of Jerry. The two funniest Jerry's ever. I can't do I clean comedy. It's, just, it's not funny to me. Uh, you want corporate? You want some corporate money? You better learn how to do that. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> Chet, you better grab your sticks. I'm too. I'm too. Was rock star to be <laughs> like yeah. clean? See, that was part of the reason why I I was debating for a while to go up because I wanted to go up, but you know I'm foul. Right. <laughs> yeah, we was going to the, the to the funny stop. Remember, mm-hmm. we was yeah. going to the funny stop. And it's a little and so more then, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of foul. You know, I like the cuss. You know, so right. I haven't gone to the funny mouth. stop for the same reason. So you know what that's what it comes so down to. So I'm like, yeah, I have to cuss, but I was gonna go to the funny farm, but they closed that. And real quick, Media Marcus said, uh, "Jamie Foxx is extraordinary. Him, 
J-Lo, J-Lo, and Jim Carrey came from that living color. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't forget the Wayans Jim Carrey's one of my hey. favorite comedians. Jim Carrey? Uh-huh. Tommy Davidson is underrated. Yeah. Tommy Davidson is just, he and his talent is Jamie Foxx, but he's just a step below. Yeah. You know, my rock, my Mount Rushmore, I would have to say would be Eddie Murphy, of course. But I have so many, so it's so hard. Yeah, yeah it's hard. Just, it's hard. Uh, Richard Pryor, of course. And see, I love Martin Lawrence. I love the old oh, yeah. Martin Lawrence. Yeah, Martin Lawrence, dope. Saying, dope. And, um, Cold. And uh, Miles Maybelline. Miles Maybelline, yeah. And a lot of people don't sleep on uh, Esther from... Uh, from San Francisco, I yeah. do sleep on her as well. You saying? And also, I, I don't think she has a stand up because I've been looking for it. It's Issa Rae. She's one of my favorites. She's not a comedian, but she writes. Yeah. And the shit that she writes be having me in tears. <laughs> oh, really? You know yeah. And I would love to see if she was a, if she did some comedy or was a stand up comedy. I, I think she would be funny. What? Okay. She'd be happy to hear that. And she. Can my son bring her home and marry her, please? <laughs> she is so beautiful. <laughs> like, uh, Media Market said, oh, my God, Sinbad. Yeah, like, he's a feast clown, He man. is, man. Trezana said, said, yes, Red Fox. I mean, it is so it's and so. I, and I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you this. Mine, you know, of course, I, I have to put, I can't do it without having Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor. We've just been watching old Richard Pryor, you know what I mean? And uh, But Dave Chappelle and... I would have to say Martin. You know, when Martin, you said Martin yeah, Lawrence. Martin, Martin, Martin is hilarious, he is. man. He just had that. He's hit. hilarious, man. Martin Lawrence is hilarious. I'm not going to lie. But I'm going to tell you this, too. I'm telling you, and I, the, the hardest I ever laughed at a single stand up. <laughs> I know you're about to I went that. to go see my man, John Witherspoon, at the oh, Improv. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's pretty he's funny. funny. You talk about underrated, you talk about. Classic, like roles that the little mm-hmm. all the movies that he played, The Father and Friday, uh, uh, The Father and Boomerang. Like, you can't take them roles out the movie, yes. bang, bang, bang. But yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And man, I'm telling you, I saw this dude, Gordon. and from beginning, from beginning to end, this dude had me dying, man. Yeah. My head was hurting, my stomach was hurting, I couldn't <laughs> eat my food. I actually had to plug my ears because I couldn't stop. We worked like, out there when he came. Back to yeah. back to back to back. Dude is a fucking fool, man. Yes. John Witherspoon. Yes. Shout out to John Witherspoon. Well, somebody put Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac, too. Yeah, yeah. Bernie Mac. But the icon set the mark for Eddie Murphy in the life. Martin sleeping on Will Smith, but they're new school. Well, but it's you know, you talk about timing, you know yeah. what I mean? You talk about that that whole but thing. But you mentioned Issa Rae, so you yeah. opened it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernie Mac was my cousin, rest in peace. Wow, Trezana Staples didn't know that. Sorry about that, Queen. Man, you talk about comedy, you getting people feelings. I think yeah. Cole hit something on the head. No matter what's going on, we be doing these shows. And yesterday, when I tell you it was standing room only. It was standing room only. And I'm like, people come out because all the bad in the world, comedy is just your escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the only place. And as a black man, I'm be just keeping 100 with you. That's one of the only places we could tell the truth. And back in the day, that was the only place we could tell the truth. Right. Yeah. But you better put a punchline with it. Dave Chappelle even said, reason I could tell the truth, but I better put a punchline with it. <laughs> so it's an escape. And, and to give people some joy, even if it's for five, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 
that's why I like them 90 minute sets, those those hour yeah. 20 minute sets. It, it gives you an escape from reality. So I want to shout out Janky Promoters right now. Y'all doing your thing. Uh, I'm going to give it up to uh, my man, Funny Noise Productions. Chris, you know, he's been, yeah. he been putting this stuff out. We need comedy. And y'all, stop being so sensitive. Yeah. I said something that got a, one of the comedians who I actually really like in his feelings, and I was just joking. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize how much it affected well, well, him. Well, you know, so. everybody got, everybody's offended nowadays. Everybody is, you know what I mean? Like, that's the question. I mean, like, how do you feel, you know, about what are you saying, how you say it, or whatever, because everything is so much under scrutiny in this PC era, you know what I mean? Do you, How do you take that in consideration as far as shit you do? How do I do it? Yeah. I, I don't care, like, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what it comes down to is I've... I was raised... Goddamn white privilege. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm joking. Yeah, I got to agree with that. I got to admit, that's a little bit of white privilege. But I, yeah, I was raised by a single mother who just never gave a shit about what other people... people Her big thing was just like, I'm a woman in a man's world, and the problem is I always got to worry about what they're saying. I'm done with that. That's dope. Right. Yeah, and dope. so I kind of was raised on that. And obviously, I'm a white man, so... But the thing is, if, if the worst thing is people trolling your timeline or something like sometimes something that's too much for people. Right. Well to have a lot of people on your thread disagreeing with something you said. Yeah. That's about the work. I mean, unless you got like corporate sponsors and things like that, it's gonna cost you money. Yeah. That's why we always talk about, you know, like as far as the show and as far as how I wanna do, I wanna have total control over my shit mm-hmm. so right. I can say what I wanna way. say. I don't want to have to, you know, people are like, well, you know, we'll pay you. Da, da, da. I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to lose the freedom to say mm-hmm. what I feel. You know what I mean? So I, that's why as far as somebody owning me, you know, I, you got to be careful with that. But I mean, if somebody throws a couple M's at me, Wait, I will say sla- my sla- 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 never deep. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I know who you're talking to. <laughs> what you say, boss? Hey, yeah. Yeah. yeah, y'all know I turned that 2.5 million dollars. I didn't tell y'all about yeah. that. <laughs> I ain't tell y'all about that. If we gonna get his shoe booty ass off the stage. <laughs> uh, so y'all tapped Seriously. into the full disclosure show. I'm Derek my way as a first Bobby Rich Green Dick Dastardly. Little lady of the house, Miss Lisa Lisa, and special guest Cole Clayton. I'm trying to not get tongue tied. Yeah, and I want to say Clayton the, Cole all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Check out his podcast, man. It wasn't just me. <laughs> the greatest goddamn show on air. You know what I mean? So we're going to go ahead and slide in uh, to this next topic. Lisa, you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to discuss people feeling the need to fit these cultural stereotypes. Mm -hmm. What I mean is I kind of feel like in certain areas, I'm going to speak from the African-American perspective, it feels like sometimes that women and men, when they're in certain areas, the hood, together, they feel the need that they have to fit all those stereotypes. You know, like, oh, they gotta be the loud channel one out here always fighting, wow. you know what I'm saying? And I feel that it's, it's sometimes it be in certain areas, and then you just have the, then you have the other, other group of African-American black folk that feel that they want to be the uppity class and separate themselves, so they gotta be up here. You know what I'm saying? And and they gotta be pleasing to the white community, the white 
the the you know what I'm saying the upper classmen or whatever. So I just feel the need. I just feel that people feel the need to fit these cultural stereotypes, and then when you hear people say, "Oh, they act in black," what is that? Or they act in white? What is that? Like, how do you act black and how do you act white? And I feel that when you have white people in a black community in the ghetto, those white people feel the need to act black. So they got to be loud and do all what they feel is acting black. And then you have the black people in the white neighborhood that feel as if they have to fit in with the white community. So they, what do they say? They, oh, you're talking white. Yeah, you're trying you're to saying. assimilate to whatever. So I just feel that people sometimes feel the need to fit these cultural stereotypes instead of just being themselves and I just see I just see I have been seeing a lot of that lately and I've been hearing and it, that when I hear that oh you acting black you acting white or you acting like this you acting like that that just irritates me because what is acting black you know saying because you have proper grammar you acting white you know say or because you loud or you got an attitude you the angry black woman you know saying and I just want to Put that out there, and and two before you mm-hmm. we gonna send it to you, Cole. But first, before I, I wanted to say too, it's like we, in the terms of comedy, we we see this, and you know, a lot of these conversations come from we we just been having real conversations. Mm-hmm. We bring on the show, um, like you have a comedian, a, let's say a black comedian, right, that's going up in a crowd of mm-hmm. white people. Mm-hmm. And it's like they feel they have to. You should hold that to your <laughs> We got you. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, about yeah, that. yeah. I know what you're talking about. I mean, about. I ain't putting no. But I'm saying, you see, it's not just <laughs> oh, one shit. person. Oh, I'm talking about one person. His shots fired, apparently. But, you know, it's somebody. You see, certain people. I'm talking about two people in particular. <laughs> and they feel like they got to go up there and do this whole black act, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Are they black? Yeah, yeah. they're black, but they, it's like they got to. Yeah, it's yeah. like we got to go over there, like, oh, with. You know, it's like, I, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. And, I, I don't know who you're talking about. And, nah, even, no in, honest, but. and even like in uh, the mm. Jewish community, you know what I'm saying? Like those, sometimes I feel that certain people that live in that community that are Jewish, they may not feel the need to be certain stereotypes but because that family you have to be this whatever jew stereotype mm-hmm. you have to be you have to be or you're not accepted in the spanish culture if you're if you're not catholic and you're this then you're this disowned and i just really that just really irks my nerves that people feel the need to fit these stereotypes in order to fit in instead of just being yourself but i guess sometimes being accepted is more important that's um I feel like it comes from a lot of it just, that's just how culture has been for thousands of years we have to be like mm-hmm. everyone else like for instance women weren't allowed to vote up until 100 years ago you know what mm-hmm. I mean so and then they had to do act a certain way they had to wear certain kinds of clothes yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually don't know when black people were allowed to vote I'm not going to lie um I don't know when Really? Yeah. Is it that? No way. 1965. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I feel <laughs> <laughs> shitty now for even bringing that up. <laughs> but my point... Our suffrage lasts a little bit longer. Yeah, they don't teach you that in South schools. 
I gotta be honest. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Uh, my my education was very whitewashed. Mm -mm. <laughs> every so, so is ours. ours. I was gonna say, Try. so is everybody. Oh, you're cool. You're cool. It's uh, women specifically had to wear certain kinds of clothes, yep. and they had to do the dishes and cook the meals. And now, you know, thankfully, I live in a situation where my wife, she works, and I stay home with my child. And then, obviously, I do this on the side, comedy and whatnot. He got a big penis, y'all. That's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I got to throw it out there every once in a while. I don't know why I got to share it, because it's not like I can share it. <laughs> But it's more for security reasons. <laughs> Self-security. <laughs> but I think that's just how the world has always dictated itself. And we're only now recently getting to a point where these roles for people don't aren't necessary. You know what I mean? So, like, for instance, gay marriage just became a thing recently within the last couple mm -hmm. of years. So that's a whole different situation i'm sure gay people are learning how to do as a whole as being married you know what i mean how just because it's a different scenario i've well, never been married but well, i'm sure it's well, you know too another but you know to the point you just made me think of something here you know the millennials have play a big part in the breaking of these stereotypes mm -hmm. and it's like we as older generation get mad Mm -hmm. <laughs> because they dress in a certain way yeah. and we say well why are you dressing like that you're supposed to dress like this well they are breaking a lot of little stereotypes how they act how they carry themselves and it's like we get mad at them for doing it <laughs> you know yeah we spoke what were well, you supposed to dress like a classic man you know where you pay you know i do it too yeah, i ain't gonna say in cap but that's the same thing a lot of people you said just too like you said fuck it like you, you can't worry what people think but a lot of people are very worried. I know I got a, a, a buddy, just a regular buddy. I, you know, we would be chilling. And, you know, he, he don't really cuss a lot. And, I, I, you know, and then I know when certain people come over there, would come over, all of a sudden this fuck shit, this, this, and then like, like it was, you know, like this dude don't cuss at all. Like yeah. the first thing to go from not cussing at all, then certain people come now. Every, every word is F-bomb. It's like, yeah. when, you know, I don't know. Something is definitely there because... This it's 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 like this, man. What's people up? What's like up, before uh, people have a certain Roman. ideal of who you are. You know what I mean? If where they know you from, like if they know you when you was eighteen years old, that's where That's at. the person they know, right? You because know I mean? also people don't aren't allowed to grow, grow in, in their minds. minds. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So if you feel the pressure or to live up or be that person that other people expect you to be, you'll never know who you are. Mm. Yeah, and that's crazy. You know, as you say that. Because when when it seems like whenever I'm all, everybody is a ever changing, evolving should world. be. <laughs> you say we should be. Should be. And I'll go from one extreme to the next extreme. That's right. But it don't even really be the it don't even be the extreme. It just be I becoming more in tune with myself. Right. So when I start something new, people be like, what? Well, you used to do this and you, well, I also used to shit on myself and wear diapers but I learned not to do right. that. Should I still be doing that? I don't understand. That's a great, that, that, yeah. that, that, that's a great analogy. Yeah, we get to, hey, Rich, read some of this comments uh, before we get to your turn. So we're going back a little bit. Uh, Trezana said, laughter keeps you young and it's healing. She went on to say, I have had a, a love affair with Dion Cole Ever since mm -hmm. he was on Def Comedy I Jam. I forgot about Dion Cole. It's, it's so many hilarious. great. It's yeah. so many great. Yeah, 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 man. We see him grow all the time. Hey. Donna Stable said, exactly, Lisa. I don't like those racial stereotypes. She went on to say, 
When I became an environmental professional, I received many stares, and I still do. There were very few black tree huggers when I began my career in 2000. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all just conscious. You know, you're conscious of the earth. You don't want the earth going away. But I want to I kind of dig in, in your mind. I'm digging into what you said in the beginning. Like, you, it seems like what you were saying is some people fit into the negative part of the stereotype that they're supposed to be. I think so. If you're, if you're black, you have these people who quote unquote act black. Yeah. And then if you're black and you're intelligent, that's acting white. And then if you're white and you're in a black neighborhood, they act black. And then if you're black and you're in a white neighborhood, they act white. And then if they're a a white person around Jewish people, they act like they stingy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, Robert Marks is on, so I just said that. That's I mean, my, I know that's my Jewish so, I know there's some stereotypes in the Jewish community. I know there's some stereotypes in the Muslim community. But I just, I know, because I'm more in tune with the white and black community, I'm going to keep speaking on that. But I just, that just really irks my nerves. And I feel that because we have been given these stereotypes and... I remember a couple of days ago, I was watching that the, um, the Reagan special. They were talking about President uh, Reagan mm-hmm. in his era. And in the special, they were talking about how Reagan's cabinet started coining these certain terms mm-hmm. um, that were geared towards the black community, the welfare queen, you mm-hmm. know, and, and thugs. But they were really referring, referring to the black community. So... I feel combined, I mean, we've always had this ever since the world has been coming, America has been coming, these black stereotypes, black people are this, black people are that. But I just feel like combine that in with now. And I feel like you see these girls, like that young girl, the cash me, cash me outside girl. Mm-hmm. You know, she felt, I feel like she's the perfect example of what I'm trying to say. She feels as if that's acting black. Because we have been, people have been given this stereotype that that's how black people act. I mean, and yeah, there are black people that act like that, but there are white people that act like that because that's how they act, because that's where they are. There are black people that act educated because they are educated. And just because you use right terminology, just because you use right Mm -hmm. uh, grammar, that doesn't mean you're acting white. That, to me, that sounds like you're giving white people, you're putting white people up on a higher level than you. Yeah, okay, I I see what you're saying. You understand? It's, It's almost like you're saying... Black people are uneducated and white people are overeducated with that scenario. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And that's how, and I feel like that breeds racism, that, that helps defeat racism. Well, then you have to that's look why at, we are. I think that's an immature mindset, though. Well, see, a lot, of that, a lot of that comes from the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. A lot right. of that comes from the media. It's twofold. Like, when you have a community, you know what I mean, that's, like, you have a project. Just say you take mm-hmm. have a project, right? And everybody who lives in the project has a certain mentality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just how you got a whole area about 300 to five, 600 people living in this one building area, right? And there's a, it becomes, it, it's a culture. Like every we talk about culture, mm-hmm. it becomes its own culture. And then what happens is the media, like you have certain icons, like remember the whole pimp. Like, you know, we used to look yeah. up to the pimp because mm-hmm. he was cool. Right. You know what I mean? So everybody wanted to be cool. You didn't necessarily want to pimp women, <laughs> but if you but you wanted to be cool like the pimp. Right. Well, and you wanted car. to you wanted to have a car. You wanted to have the women. Not necessarily you wanted the image like you just did. And then that image gets shown. You know what I mean? All across 
the world through movies, through music, through different things. Remember the old black exploitation mm -hmm. era, you know what I mean? Right. And this was, was cool. Like, and a lot of us bought into that. And a lot of white people also bought into that. Like, this is what, it, it, you know, this that black, black culture. Like, you know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. That, you know, like, this is what's cool. And, and these are the images that tend to, to get, per, yeah, yeah, permeate. And a lot of that is, is based on that. But then it goes even deeper in the race because it's like it goes into family. Like, we, we expect, we put people in boxes. Right. We put, and we expect them to act accordingly to the box. That's that's a that's real that's a whole deep you know with the homosexual you know if you, if you homosexual we put you in a box you supposed to act like this right. you supposed to be flame and you supposed to have the whole nine you you, you see a dude an MMA fighter and he beating people's ass that's not homosexual <laughs> that, that's you know what I mean that doesn't equip you know so we put all kind of people in boxes man it's just up to people to be brave enough not to stay in those boxes you know no matter what anybody think about it, you know what I mean you just can't. I don't know. I think those gay MMA fighters getting extra protein, so they got like an edge <laughs> oh my on God. So, uh, Cole Clayton said this, so, you know, y'all cancel him, don't cancel me. You <laughs> <laughs> try to put it on somebody, you just threw <laughs> the man under the bus on the podcast. But real talk, though, I see I see those pressures. So, some of what you talked about were racial stereotypes. And then other things you were talking about were cultural norms. So, I, I want to get the two mixed up. I think what you were talking about is great, the media. You brought the media and how they paint certain things, but when you went to like you know uh, you know you said something about Spanish and Catholicism the whole nine, that's a cultural thing. Certain things are cultural, but when you have had your culture stolen, the lines get blurred. Mm -hmm. And for black people, our lines are blurred. Where 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 does our culture begin and where does it end? And what do we really? What is what is being black? And I was just thinking about because I think about a joke about talking about woke woke folks. I was like. How do you please a woke person? Because if you throw Kamala Harris out, for one, she's too educated. She act too white. She's a prosecutor. She ain't, she ain't ADOS. So then you grab an Ice Cube. Well, he's not educated enough. So then you grab a Master P. Well, he doesn't sound, he don't sound intelligent enough. Well, then you say, well, let's look at Jay-Z. Well, Jay-Z, well, he might be part of Illuminati. Then you say, okay, let's go to Obama, but Obama half white. Then you say, well, let's go to Idris Elba, but Idris Elba from England. And then you say, well, let's let's go to, you see what I mean? Like, we always find something wrong with things. So the lines are blurred when we, when we talk about this. The thing is, people need to grow the fuck up. Yeah. And I'm not going to change who I am to fit in the crowd. Derek told me something, and I'm glad you said this. You know, I had this bit about Trump. And you know the the bit I'm talking about, and he was I was like man I held back I was like Trump a thug but that's not really the, that's not really what I'm trying to get across <laughs> to people. Right. Trump is a thug, but Trump is the nigga that white people thought Obama was when they saw a black man going to office. Yeah. Obama's a black man. He ain't got no nigga in him. Trump is the nigga that Obama they thought Obama was gonna be. And and if we're being honest with ourselves, people. Trump is the nigga we wish Obama was because Trump didn't give a shit. I was in the middle of Dixieland as it comes to Ohio, and I just went through it. And I just wanted to get them to, I made it juxtaposed to this. It's not a color. When you hear that word, you think it's a color. Right. And Cole, please don't say it because we're <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I wish there was a word yeah. that I could use. No, no. no. White, white, white is the new nigga. We're going to be real with it. But, uh, but the thing is, it's it's not. We know people are trying to hurt us, but it's it's supposed to mean ignorance. It's supposed to mean somebody who's 
you know, railing against the machine the whole nine. And you see that even with this whole election, nobody stole that from him. When we said it was Russian interference last time, we were talking about bots and stuff. And I still look at my Facebook page. It's people who got black pictures, and you can tell it's a bot. Mm -hmm. You're not speaking like Maybe a black person. They be hitting us every day. Yeah, they be hitting me all types. I'm like, what the hell? Hey, you so tapped cool. into the full disclosure show. I'm Derek Lamont Williams at first. Barbara Rich Green, Dick Dashley, and the little lady of the house, Miss Lisa Lisa, along with Mr. Special Guest Cole Clayton, y'all. So we're going to go get, get into the social media post of the week. Y'all know what it is. All right. Hey, we're going to keep it short and simple. We're going to stay under the time. It was a boxing match that went on yesterday. <laughs> Iron Mike Tyson versus probably the best pound-for-pound pound boxer to ever live, Roy Jones Jr. They went at it. They had an eight-round match, two-minute rounds. Mike was razor sharp. I give it up to Roy Jones Jr. for, for even taking this match. He still had that jab. He was feeding it to Mike. He held Mike a little bit. I thought it was a little bit of a dancing match. <laughs> I didn't know if I was watching a boxing match or dancing with the stars. But I'm going to tell you, the real star of last night was Snoop Doggy Dog. Man, somebody get that man the contract. <laughs> Snoop Dogg put that stuff down. He His commentating was next level. It was funny. It was hilarious. It's so funny. This is the first fight I ever watched where I was more concerned about the the fighters falling, getting into the <laughs> ring than I was <laughs> fighting. I'm like, oh, please don't hurt yourself before you. Oh, they did it. They did it. Oh, they made it through. Get through the rope. Come on, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo. All right. Now the match can be. And then I was, I was, so, I was so scared that Tyson was going to give like Roy Jones permanent brain damage. I'm like, Tyson wasn't here hunting. He did a lot of body shots. <laughs> y'all gotta see, I don't want to get in the way because I know y'all ain't watched the fight Hey, yet, man, I, I, I wasn't interested, man. I oh. just didn't, just for that reason right there. Okay, I'm gonna keep you worried about it. them. I, I'm like, so, I don't want to see. Roy fought three years ago. Tyson fought 15 years ago. Right. Tyson looked sharper than Roy. His body, his movement, it was like, he said, he said, I'm an amateur. It's like how we feel in, com in yeah. comedy. You know, sometimes you feel yeah. like an But, but that makes sense because, you know, you know, when you first retire, you go gay that, that you know, he only retired three of Tyson. You remember how fat Tyson was? Yeah, Tyson got big Tyson then got fat as shit. Then yeah. he started getting sick. Like, like, oh, shit, I can box again. Yeah. Let me fire one of these old cocksuckers. That probably <laughs> helped add muscle to it all, you know, you. carrying that around. But it was a great match. Uh -huh. all, I don't care what nobody telling you. It was a great match. Everybody talking about the, the pre-fight, which we, and Derek is going to talk about that a little bit, about uh, Nate Robinson uh, moving from the NBA and fighting <laughs> fighting this this jerk-off. But anyway, <laughs> because that guy's a jerk-off. I really wish Nate would have knocked this dude out, y'all. Y'all don't know who he lost to. If you really knew that guy, Jake you, you would have yeah, really been rooting for him. But let me give it up to Mike. Let me give it up to Roy. They gave a good show. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was worth the $50. It really was. Because of just everything that led up to it. And the fact you're seeing two legends in their 50s going at it. it. Let me just tell you this. If you're over 45, getting up take momentum. <laughs> what do I mean? When you're in your 20s and 30s, when you get up, you just stand straight up. When you get to your mid-40s, you, you need that little lean in. You need to lean in to get up there. You need uh, mo everything momentum. And it's, sex is the same way, too. You need momentum for sex. But we'll talk about that later. Let me tell you this. I might be 20 years older my, than I thought. Mike, Mike, and Roy Jones Jr., they put on the show. I wish Roy went to hell so much, but Roy got common sense. He didn't want that CTE because I don't think he have it. He's still pretty sharp the whole nine. But um, 
Overall, Tyson could have ended that that fight at any time he wanted to. I'm just gonna keep it 100. I was watching it. I'm like, oh, he hit Roy. Roy did catch Tyson once, but then they asked they asked Roy, you know, did any of his did any of his punches hurt you? He like all of them. <laughs> what are you talking about? All his punches hurt. <laughs> it's Mike Tyson. What are you talking about? So, shouts out to Roy Jones Jr. for being brave enough to do it. But shouts out to Mike Tyson to be calm enough not to feel like my ego need to get in the way. Yeah. I'm giving up for it. Because as a man, you want to show people you still got it. At any point, he could have took Roy Jones Jr. out. I'm just glad neither one of them gentlemen hurt. I don't, think they, I don't think they should be boxing any younger people. I, I heard Holyfield want to box Tyson. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I wouldn't mind seeing that. But I don't want him going up against a Wilder. I don't want him going up against... Tyson Fury, Mike Tyson is his hero. I don't want them. Don't, a young man shouldn't be fighting an old man. And don't and keep in mind, even in that Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson's thirty six. That dude like twenty three years yeah, old. Yeah, younger than I am. That's what I said. So, Nate Robinson had a whole 15, 12 year NBA yeah, career. Yeah. So y'all don't 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 y'all leave Nate alone on that. So, uh, but that was my thing. Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. Thank you for putting on a great exhibition. Lisa Cole. I don't know if y'all wanna who, who wanna go first to talk about that. Let me read these and then I'll let y'all go. Um, <laughs> Trezana said Trump's a wigger. She said Roy Jones Jr. in the day was my dude. She went on to say, I can't wait to see the rebroadcast of the fight. I think it was all for entertainment. Hell, try doing that, all that, and 50 plus recovering from a stroke. Yeah, your mama doing it too. Shout out she to Trezana Staples. Trezana Staples. She went all the way vegan. She, 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 that woman's a dynamo. Oh. Y'all follow you go her. Go ahead, go first, Clay. Oh, um. I've, first off, can I just say that I'm like actually really excited that boxing is having like a rebirth mm-hmm. almost. I used to box when I was okay. younger. Um, you can't tell from these shoulders, but <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite sport. It really is. Uh, it's just it's been hard to watch the last few years. I can't stand. I don't know how you guys feel, but I can't stand Floyd Mayweather, and I think he was really what was bringing the whole sport down for a while. But Tyson being back, Roy Jones Jr. being back, I know they're not back per se, but watching the legends do it, mm-hmm. and then getting these celebrities involved, you know, that's getting people to watch, watch boxing, boxing again, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I know you said you don't like Jake Paul, and I don't either. I will say Cleveland represent. But, he is Cleveland, so <laughs> we'll give him that. You know, getting celebrities in these, I guess he's, I think he's a YouTube star is what he is. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting getting younger folks involved in boxing wanting to watch it again it's a good thing. and then bringing you know the older crowd for watching mike tyson and roy jones cause they're a little bit before my time mm-hmm. getting all these people back to watching it was great you know what i mean because the conor mcgregor what was it yeah. and floyd mayweather thing was not as interesting as you might have thought you know what i mean and i thought that was bad for boxing even getting somebody who's not a boxer inherently to box a champion it was just is bring the sport down, you know what I mean? And then you had the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, and that brought it down even more. So yeah, I just I'm just glad people are back watching boxing again. That's what's up, Lisa. Lisa. So yeah, boxing is one of my favorite sports as well. And when I was younger, I did a little stint in boxing. I didn't even have no matches because I'm like, yeah, you about to hit me in my face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You say, but I did do some sparring, some practice. My cousin went on a boxing thing, and we were pretty 
NFL, so. That's what's up. Boxing has always been a good, uh, one of my favorite sports. I didn't watch the fight, the uh, Tyson fight, mm-hmm. but I did catch those interviews. And <laughs> <laughs> from those interviews, it sounded like uh, Roy Jones didn't want that smoke. Yeah. It was a draw, asked, though. It, was, it a draw. was a draw, but I remember the guy asked him, so, are you guys going to have this rematch? And Tyson was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And Roy Jones was more like, um, you know, I'm going to have to go home and ask the family how they felt about it. And Roy Jones was talking about talking all that shit on uh, the Joe Rogan experience about how he was going to beat him and everything. <laughs> talking about I, I've been out of the game way less time and all that. Yeah, I don't know if y'all listen to Joe Rogan, but y'all got to listen to that yeah, episode. Joe Rogan's dope. <laughs> I think he, uh, he uh, was sleeping on Tyson. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, but... Yeah, it was a draw, so I think it was more for the entertainment. I think somebody yeah. was just trying to raise some money for a certain reason. Charity. Charity yeah. or what have you. Yeah. So it was a good reason why they came out of retirement, you know. Well, I believe it was Tyson trying to raise money. So, well, uh, um, I just couldn't drum up interest for this fight. I tried. You know, Tyson is probably my second favorite fighter of all time, right behind Marvelous Marvin Hagler. And uh, so, you know, and I, I saw the uh, the video he posted maybe six months ago when he was in the ring, and he was you saw he was felt, and he was had the hands go, wah, 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 and it was like, oh, snap, Tyson was still whooping somebody's ass. Then not too long after that video, this fight was announced. Right. And I just like, well, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see these two <laughs> old dudes. But, you know what I'm saying? I give it up to him, man. I give it up to uh, Roy Jones and Mike uh, for doing it. Like, you know, I think you made a good point about you know, bringing more eyes back to the boxer, you know what I mean? But I had to, I'm not a Mayweather fan, but Mayweather definitely was the only reason to watch boxing the last few years. You know, you got a bunch of young, you know, it was one. It was a love or hate thing. You either wanted to see him knocked out, get mm-hmm. knocked out, or you wanted to see him win, you know what I mean? So he was one of them. Now the fights themselves wasn't exciting because Mayweather is a technician. He wasn't going to take any risks. He was going you know, he wasn't going to entertain you. He was going to win the fight. That you know I what I mean? And, like and that, that yeah, too. that that's what People may have hurt. You know he yeah, that hurt. one may have hurt. Yeah, because the Pacquiao fight should have been five years before At least, it happened. Yeah. And that's what the thing that boxing was killing me. Mm-hmm. Because guys weren't fighting when they were supposed to fight. Right. Like all these politics and you know that that Pacquiao fight and Mayweather fight should have been happening. And that's when it was interesting. You know what I mean? When it was because Pacquiao was. I don't think he really wanted to smoke when Pacquiao was on top of his game. Mm-hmm. Pacquiao was one of the best fighters. I mean, he was, yeah, he was. He was an amazing dude. Mm-hmm. And Mayweather kind of waited. <laughs> right. He waited about three, four years till he lost a step and then wanted to fight him. It would have been a, a great to see them fight in their in, in their prime. It's just that damn record. That's what he wanted. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, though. Y'all, y'all talk about Mayweather. I, I don't like a lot of things he says as a person. But as a boxer, as a boxer, he's impeccable. Yeah, as a boxer, yeah, he's, he's a good boxer. As a boxer, no, no, as a boxer, there's no, there's no doubt. Now, well, Ray Leonard whoop his butt. I think Ray Leonard would, but uh, this is like when Derek, Derek, no, we was Marvin Hagler fans. Going back and watching that fight, Marvin lost that flat out. I still don't see it. He lost. Flat. I still don't see we it. We gonna put it on. When I still we're, don't see we, it. We, we, hey, I refuse. Go. I'm like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I refuse to accept the fact <laughs> that Marvelous Marvin Hagler lost, lost that fight. He lost that flat out. I was like, oh my god. I'll put it on when we go upstairs. 
So, uh, hey, y'all, we're coming to the end of this. What I'm going to say is we're performing tonight at the pharmacy. We're going to do a tune-up. We're going to be in Akron, Ohio, y'all. Come and check us out. Uh, but I want to still shout out Roy Jones Jr. You tapped Mike into Tyson. the full disclosure show. Dave Lamont wins the first. Bobby Rich Green, Dick Dastley. Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house. Thank you, Gold. Thanks for coming through, man. All love all day, man. Tell awesome. the people in your life you love them because tomorrow's not promised.